Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Well, it's yet another loss for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Sergei Bobrovsky, excellent in the Florida Panthers net. He makes 40 saves. It's his first shutout of the season. He was especially big in the first period, making 17 stops. And the Panthers route the Edmonton Oilers 6-0. They got three goals in the last four and a half minutes of the game. But nonetheless, the misery continues for the Oilers. You know the streak now. Seven games without a victory, 0-5-2 during that run. And in their last 15 games, they are 2-11-2. Their record on the season slips to 18-16-2. So now right down to 500, at least in terms of win percentage and actually barely above it in terms of points percentage. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Thanks a lot for joining us. Well, Rob, first of all, I, I think we got to give credit to the best player in this game tonight, and he was indeed named the first star. He's uh, having an excellent season now with a record of 23-3, and Panthers goaltender Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah, he was the difference in this hockey game. Uh, in all honesty, the Oilers should have been up 2 or 3 nothing, maybe even 4 nothing after the first period. They were that dominant in the first 20 minutes, but Bobrovsky was, was better. Uh, big save after big save. Uh, a little bit of puck luck here and there where he had uh, pucks sneak behind him, but defensemen come in and push it aside but uh it, it, it tell you the florida panthers play with a looseness about them they they, they do trade chances at time and this is what we've talked about earlier with the oilers in the last few weeks when you're a, a team that have full confidence in your goaltender to make big save after big save you're not afraid to to, to make that 50 50 play you're not afraid to try and push something that might not be there because you know oh, you know what we can get a great opportunity in one way but if, if it doesn't work we got a goaltender that's going to bail us out and we saw that tonight where the Florida Panthers they made some mistakes they made some errors but Borowski time and time again was the the wall that they needed there's a, a the Florida Panthers are a great hockey club and because of the talent they have for up front the the physicality they're deep but the goaltending that they get and they have gotten, just looking at the record of Burboski this year, the goaltender they're getting each and every night separates them from a lot of teams in the league. You can't be a great team in the National Hockey League without great goaltending. The Florida Panthers have that. Yeah, and they wind up winning 6 nothing, and the special teams continues to hurt the Oilers as Florida goes 3-for-5 on the power play. Two of those goals were late in the third. I mean, effectively, Rob, it ended when it was 3-0, when Barkoff made it 3-0 with 12.47 left. I mean, that that pretty much ended the game. But still, uh, the stats are ugly, ugly, ugly with the PK. Uh, I mean, you go 2-for-5 on the PK because Florida went 3-for-5 on the power play. Uh, the Oilers' power play goes 0-for-3. So once again, they get fewer chances than the opposition in the game, but they just uh, they they just can't kill a penalty. And I mean, the, the big goal, one of the big goals, the the first goal of the game. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's scoreless. Edmonton shorthanded. They did kill off one in the first period. Uh, Reinhardt sauces it across to Barkov, who beats Koskinen short side off his glove and in, and that, that puts you behind the eight ball again. Twenty uh, third time in the last twenty seven games, fourteen in the last fifteen. The Oilers have fallen behind at least one nothing. Yeah, and. Uh, the goal is not a bad goal. It's not a goal where you're saying, okay, he's got to have that. But in the first period, Bobrovsky had made 17 saves, and about eight of those he probably shouldn't have had. But he made them when the team needed it. And the the Oilers, the one time they need a save on a penalty kill, they didn't get it. Now, again, not a horrible goal, but the Oilers aren't getting saves, and the Oilers right now aren't a good enough team to play without getting saves. There's got to be pucks that were supposed to go in that the Oilers goaltending uh, tandems can, can make saves on because the opposition is getting those. Uh, and 
when you fall behind, again, you start chasing. When you start chasing good teams, they rarely give up a lead. And I, I think you're the one that pointed out, or, or Mooner did, that Florida Panthers are undefeated leading after two. Yeah, no, 20-0. and 20-0. So that's what, that's what good hockey clubs do. So if you continue to fall behind these good hockey clubs, you're not going to come back. And that's why I kept talking as earlier in the season. If the Oilers want to be a playoff team and go somewhere in the playoffs, this is something they have to correct first because these are the type of teams you play in the playoffs, teams that with the lead, they don't give up the lead. They continue to press you, and you don't come back against them. And the Oilers, when they start trailing in hockey games, they press, they press, and eventually they crack because they have to take chances. And that's where you see the team's counter-strike. And the Florida Panthers obviously did that a number of times in the third period. So 6 nothing is the final. Florida's record, by the way, improves to 27-8-5. and five. Just a, a miserable, miserable time here in oil country is... I mean, we were talking about it more and more after every game. It, it, clearly, something has to change. I mean, there may be roster changes, but I, I don't expect those to be significant, at least in the short term. Nope. And plus, there are some players who are hurt or are going to have to be in COVID protocol for a certain number of times. Zach Hyman, I mean, he's he's missing Saturday no matter what. Smith and Nugent Hopkins aren't playing Saturday. Uh, if you're talking about trading for a goaltender, I, I don't know if that happens tomorrow. Um, well, I... I honestly, and I had a really nice talk with a, another media member over the last couple of days about goaltenders. Uh, everyone, the first one everyone talks about is Flurry. That's the one everyone thinks that the others should go out and get. But the Chicago Blackhawks aren't trading Flurry right now because if they, if the Chicago Blackhawks trade Flurry, you're telling Kane and Taves, you know what, we're shutting the season down with 40 some games left. They're not doing that. The what other goalies out there? The Islanders got two very good goalies. The Islanders are have eight games in hand on some of the teams in their division or their conference. They're not trading a goalie right now. The Oilers have got to survive about 20 games before a team is going to be able to say, you know what, we are officially done. We're going to move so and so. Teams aren't going to give you a goaltender right now because if they do, that means they're shutting their season down, and that is a bad thing to tell your team. So are are, are we at the point where? A coaching change is inevitable. I don't just, say just be just because there has to be some sort of a shakeup. I don't think it's inevitable, but it's certainly more in play now than it was two weeks ago. Now, the, the sad part about this is that this was the best the Oilers have come out all season long. The first 20 minutes, they could not play any better than they did in the first period, and, and were just unfortunate, unlucky, uh, and, and they ran into a good goaltender, but. I, yeah, it gets to the point where something has to change or something might change. And now, obviously, uh, there's a, a more... Uh, the possibility is, is much bigger today, much greater today than it was a week ago. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's really an incredible slide. It's it's a, an incredible slide. I mean, Tony went twice in 15 games. I mean, that's, I mean, well, they, look, with the context of the 10 years out of the playoffs and, <laughs> and other, uh, and other tough goes, and I mean, just the, the extreme drop off from the first 21 games, at which point I would think a lot of people are thinking, okay, yeah, there's, there's, there's not going to win 62 games this season. But, but hopefully they're they're good enough to compete against everybody and stay in every game and not have uh, incredibly long losing streaks. I mean, now they've had a, a six-game losing streak, and now they've had a seven-game, I guess technically the NHL considers it a winless stretch, but, but still two yep. points. I mean, it, if you look at it this way, 15 games, that's 30 available points. They got six. Mm-hmm. Well, they just showed, a, as you were talking on, I think it's, well, I'm not sure actually what channel, I think it's Sportsnet, where they had since December the 2nd, and they had seven categories up there, you know, penalty killing, goals against, all those. The Oilers are 32nd in the National Hockey League in the seven categories they had up there since December the 2nd. And, I mean, it, that's hard to do, and especially with a team that, I mean, with a team with Connor and Leon on it and, and Darnell Nurse, and they've been, that's how, far they have fallen they haven't fallen where they're in this they're a bunch of one goal games they're they're playing well they just get not getting a break i mean their power play is middle of the road their penalty killing is the worst in the national and that's what's, league. that's killing them more than 
than the drop off in the power play. Oh, the I mean, penalty kill. Oh, yeah, you absolutely. Can, you it can is. survive a, a power play but slump. The only problem for the Oilers, the Oilers are not a good five on five team. So this is a team that lives and dies on their power play. They did through the first 21 games. And their power play is not scoring goals. Tonight, again, the Oilers had a couple opportunities tonight. Their power play, if they would have scored on it, would have changed the way the game was going. They had, they were still in the game when they had their power plays. And they didn't score goals. And the Florida Panthers took full advantage of their power play. And easy backdoor goals. Hey, this is, that's yep. the problem. It's not big goal mouse scrambles yeah, or the, the big Oilers, deflections. The PK is being dissected. Yes. It's not okay. Well, sometimes Al McInnes is going to shoot one one, <laughs> and, and one yeah. ten past your goalie. Like, Absolutely. Well, the, 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 yeah. the last goal went Barkov all the way through the through the slot to Huberto, back through the slot to Barkov, back through the slot back door to Duclair. It went through the slot three times. Yeah. You're not supposed to be able to go through through the slot in a in a penalty kill. That's that's your goal. You do not let them because that well eventually you saw the goaltender has no chance as the wide open back door, and they went through three times three straight passes went right through the. So at, at this point you, you start thinking okay, the penalty killing was really what's good the last couple of years. Yep. So I don't think play fair. I believe he does the penalty killing. I don't think he's changed what they do. So we talked about certain players well, are no at, longer at, with at, the organization. At a that we're point, good. Doesn't the coach have to change what's well, going on? Well, or 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 you don't have the players to penalty kill. And there were some players that have been here before that were, uh, you know, they weren't great offensive players, but their penalty killing was very good, and their penalty killings aren't in the lineup. Shane was here, was a very good penalty killer. Archibald's no longer in the lineup, a very good penalty killer. And with those players out of the lineup, other players have tried to step in and do the job, and, and it hasn't been good. They're 63% penalty killing since December the 2nd. 63%. That is, I mean, that alone will lose you 13 out of 15 hockey yeah, games. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an abomination. Uh, <laughs> that uh, is our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line. The uh, final score is an ugly one today. 6-0 in, in favor of the Panthers. No score after the first. Barkov and Verhage, 239 apart in the second period. So that gave the Panthers the lead going to the third. Uh, Edmonton did have a 29-13 advantage in shots after two periods, but then Barkov scored with 12:47 left in the third. And as I was mentioning to Rob, that was pr- pretty much the one that sealed it. But then they got three late in the game to round it out. Let's go downstairs. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Is it a case of too much adversity, Dave? Is it is it a team that's tired of losing and loses easy at the end? <sighs> no, we took some penalties at the end. You know, there's it's uh. Hey, losing sucks, right? You got to keep powering through it. We worked all week. We, a lot of the game we worked. We just didn't get any results for our work. And then we got behind and we got chasing. Dave, what's happened to the penalty killing? I mean, it was so good for a long time. What's happened? It's a little bit of a byproduct of our game. Same thing, you get chasing it. It's penalty killing is... It's like scoring. When you score, you feel like you can keep scoring. When you're killing a penalty, you feel like you're just going to go out there and get the job done. Right now, we can't get the bleeding stopped. So you get running around out of structure a little bit, just just not. It's like the rest of our game. Thank you. So we've, we've talked about the, the first goal against many times, and it, it happened tonight later in the game, of course. But did that, because you guys had had a first period, did that really kind of suck uh, the air out of the group? The group rather? Uh, I thought we were still fine. We, we, we did some good things, and I just didn't. When you don't score goals, it's hard to win. Uh, the last two games, the amount of goals in the third period, can you explain just how your team has, has kind of ended these, these last two games with the third period goals against? We're behind in the game. We chase the game. You know, it's good when you're chasing the game. Dave, just over here, just in that first period, you outplayed them so badly, but you went in scoreless, I guess. Is that when you look at that, he goes, that's where you need to get one or two and, and get some momentum off that, that really... Uh, you're trying to get a lead in the game. I thought, you know, we played strong the whole... You know, you come out and try to do everything we're talking about doing, but you don't get rewarded for it, so it's... But that being said, you got to sustain it. you got to keep it going the right way. Yeah. We weren't able to do that. Is the answer still in this room, or, or, or does this team need help? No, we got to keep pounding away. That's the only way it's... It's the only way it's got to work. you got to work your way out of it. Dave Bobrovsky made that big save on Puyarvi in the last 10 seconds of the first. Uh, 
there are other chances early in that first and even the second. Did you feel they were the quality chances that you wanted? Did you like your offensive guys, or was there something lacking where you didn't get the finish? There's some bounces around there. You'd like to, when you're not scoring a lot, you'd like to see it just one of those deflections, one of those things that hits something and goes in. Give yourself a break, and you can start getting traction from it. We don't get any breaks there, and, and uh, we feel like we're pushing to try to make those breaks, and you don't get any, it gets frustrating. You know, if you get if you get one of those ones in the first, you get feel like you're off and running, and then you're you're not chasing the game. You know, it's it's a tight game. We're, we feel like we're playing well. All of a sudden, we're down two, and we're chasing the game. Okay, that's all right. Okay, I think that's uh, I think that's it. Uh, Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. After yet another loss, this one's 6-0 to the Florida Panthers. Uh, Rob, anything stand out for you there? Uh, no. I, well, it's, it's funny. The, I heard you ask the question if he is run out of drills in practice this week. I think he might have, the press and the media have run out of questions and the coaching staff's run out of answers over the last little while because it's the same thing. Yeah, we're, we're, we're falling behind. We're not getting breaks. Penalty killing didn't get it done. We're chasing games. And not and not mocking what he's saying because everything he's saying is true, but it's the same thing. Game in, game out. Um, uh, frustration must be at an all-time high because uh, this was a game that the Oilers deserved a better fate early. And unfortunately, they played against a very good club that weathered a storm and then knew how to play go- coming home. The, the Florida Panthers are a team you can't make mistakes against because they will make you pay. And we, I think what we saw also as this game went on, that they make you pay all up and down their lineup. The, the last goal, a real pretty goal by Owen Tippett, he's a third-line player. And it was a give-and-go one time or out of the corner uh, on a play that Ryan McLeod lost his man. Uh, you just The Oilers' big mistakes are really magnified when you play against good teams. And the Florida Panthers are a good team, and uh, when the Oilers had their opportunities, they ran into, I mean, uh, Bobrovsky's having an all-star season. He's having a Vezina-type season. That's how good he has been this year. Um, but the Oilers, I, I, I think at times, too, you saw they missed open nets. They missed wide-open chances, and sometimes when things aren't going right for you, you start pushing, and when you start pushing, things that normally are easy for you, you just make difficult for yourself. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just they're they're completely bogged down. I mean, they looked like like I said for me, especially once it was three nothing. The game was they over. looked like a, yeah. a dejected a but, dejected squad, which I, I suppose might happen on any given yeah, night. But and, then when and, you've lost twelve of the last yeah. fourteen coming in, it's going to feel even worse. Well, and then things that you don't normally see. Uh, there's a, a power play early in the game where Connor McDavid, Leon wins the face off to Connor, and Connor has Darnell Nurse. 10 feet from him and Connor makes a bad pass that turns into a turnover and all of a sudden the puck's out. Leon Dreisaitl has two or three one-timers. He never misses the net on a one-timer. He whiffed. He had a wide open net. The best play of the whole game by the Oilers offensively. Fogel, a wonderful pass to Leon. Leon has a backdoor open net and has to spin around. He misses the net. These are things that we didn't see early in the season. Everything clicked right for them. So uh, it's, it's a frustrated group that probably... It, I've been on teams where you've been in a game and you're up 3 nothing, and then you're sitting there between periods and all of a sudden you're down 4-3 and you're like, okay, what happened? Like, everything was going good. Remember how happy we were? Well, I think that's what this dressing room is right now. At one, a month and a half ago, this was the best team in the National Hockey League. And they're probably sitting in their room right now. Okay, seriously, like, listen, we're, we're getting into fights with reporters. Uh, we're being booed on our home ice. They have thrown our jerseys out there a month and a half ago. People were talking about the parade route for the Stanley Cup. I mean, we were that good. And that's what's probably... It's not as though this has been an awful season all season long where they started the year poorly and it's just carried on and you're like, by now you're used to it. I think they're befuddled in the dressing room. It's like, how did we get here? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's... It is, uh, yeah, it's just an incredibly poor run for Edmonton. Uh, like we said, 2-11-2 in their last 15 games. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've said that it feels later in the season than it is because we're already at, at January mm-hmm. 20th. We're not yet at the halfway point of the season. But you start looking now, and 
in terms of points, the Oilers are ahead of only three teams in the West. If you go by points percentage, okay, they're, they're ahead of Vancouver. So, like, like you've always talked about over the years, yes, it, you got to make up points, but how many teams yeah. do you have to pass? So, you know, and games in hand are great if you win, if them. You win them. I mean, right now the Oilers <laughs> are, are losing pretty much every game and not, not banking any points at all. So you're looking at um, 36 games, uh, five more games till the halfway point. Here's the thing. Usually to get into the playoffs, you have to win at least half your games. Mm-hmm. And then it comes down to, you know, maybe overtime losses or, or, or I mean, if you, it was historically, if you win 44, you should get in and maybe you have six or eight overtime losses. If you win 41 or 42, you're going to be you're going to be really close to that cut line, or or maybe miss. So right now the Oilers would have to win three of their next five to get to 21 wins at the halfway point of the season, which is at least kind of what you need to to be in a decent position. Well, yeah, that, that winning th- winning three of five right now seems like how does that happen when well, you only got two in your last 15? And uh, about two weeks ago, during their first six-game losing streak, uh, we talked afterwards, and I said that. The one thing is they've allowed a lot of other clubs to get back into the race against them. And you at that point say, well, you know, maybe not like the the, the L.A.s or the San Jose's and stuff like that. But then you throw another eight, was it seven or eight now? We're at eight games now? Seven game now? Losing streak, seven games. This, this one is seven. Seven. So now you throw another one of those in. Now the Vancouver Canucks, who had an abysmal start to the season, fired their coach, are now back in a race. So the Oilers, to me... Uh, are in a race with a number of teams now when they shouldn't be, and I don't. I believe it's it, it, they have to be a team that wins in the top one of the top three spots in their division. I think that the other division in their conference is strong, and I think they're going to have five of the teams in the in the playoffs. I think the other division is going to get both of the wild cards, which means you now have to catch. It lowers the amounts of, of yep. opportunities for you to get into the playoffs. You got to catch the the teams that are ahead of you. Calgary is playing; they're starting to play better. They had a big game against uh, Florida. The, Vegas is there, so now you're battling with L.A., San Jose, and Anaheim to try and get that third spot in your division. Um, so the, those games become that much more vital when the Oilers have to play against them. All right, six nothing. The Panthers pound the Oilers tonight. Sergey Bobrovsky, forty saves to get the shutout. Let's go back down to the Hall of Fame room. Duncan Keith, Darnell Nurse. I just wondered if you can get a sense of what's being said in the room right now after a, after a loss like that. No, it stays in the room. Right. After your first period is maybe one of your best first periods of the year. Are you kind of as shocked as everybody else that things turned out the way they did? Why did they turn out the way they did more specifically? Yeah, we had a good start and then, uh, you know, they get the first, they get the lead and and then we're chasing it. So it's, no matter who you're playing or what game it is, it's it's always harder coming from behind. So uh, the way things are going right now, it's it's been... uh, it's been tough. I mean, it's frustrating, but at the end of the day, it's gonna have to. It's gonna have to be us in there to, that uh, pull it together and, and find a way to, to stick in those games and, and keep it close and um, and find a way to tie that up or, or keep it, uh, uh, you know, a tighter game. Um, you know, we gotta. I think the a big thing would be trying to find our way to, to get that first goal, get a get a better feeling on the room and. Just the way things are going right now, when we, we get down, it's it's uh, it's frustrating. Duncan, you've been around uh, a long time, and this year is kind of unique because of you know, the gaps that you guys had. This losing streak is extended like over a month, even though it's only seven games. But I'm sure that just magnifies things. So, yeah, you talked about how is, is fragile a fair word that like. When you if, if you score that first goal, it could just change everything. But when you're losing and you give up one, it's just is it that much harder to overcome? Well, I mean, we've we've got to be strong mentally, but you know, I don't I don't think the games, uh, the, all the separation between games has helped. It's been, uh, I think, it'd be good to get in a rhythm here somehow and get playing some games to to get back in the swing of it. Um, you know, and get get playing some games and and move on and and go to the next game right away. But uh, 
you know, we've, we've just got to keep, keep grinding away, keep grinding away and, and just find a way, find a way to get that first one, find a way to stick with it and, uh, and play a patient game. But right now, things kind of aren't going our way. We're not getting any bounces. I thought Miko made some big saves when he needed to. And, and we had a good start and we're right there. But, you know, when they get the first few goals, it's, it's no matter, like I said, no matter who we're playing against or, or, or what team it is, <clears throat> when, we're, when we're trailing or, or any team's trailing, it's, it's always harder. But, you know, we've got to find a way. Darnell, for a long time, this penalty kill has been really good. And in this funk now, you know, PK, sometimes it's about when you make a big kill. And, and you've allowed the first goal, I think it's nine or ten times in, in those games. How frustrating is it that the PK's just kind of gone this far off the rails when it's been so good for so long? Um, yeah, I, we know how to kill. We've, we've done it at a high level in multiple years over long stretches. So this is... Uh, you know, you, you get mad when you're giving up, uh, giving up goals, but you can't, you can't lose the identity and, and what makes us successful when we're killing, when we're on our toes, when we're, you know, at work in the the PP. That's that's when we kill off penalties, and we haven't been doing that enough. So we uh, we gotta be better. We gotta give our we gotta give our five on five and, and power play a chance. I mean, you can't ask your power play to score two goals a night um, to to be even with the other team. So we gotta be better there. Darnell, in the first period, you had so many chances, you didn't get a goal. Um, but it wasn't for lack of effort or or chances. The puck just kept bouncing by the goal. Were you thinking to yourself, okay, just keep this going in the second, keep pouring another 17 shots, and the tide will turn? Yeah, I think we had 12 in the second. Like, we were still shooting. So, um, yeah, that's – yeah, I gave yourself the – you know, when it's going like this, and the puck's not going in, and there's chances that you know when we're when we're feeling that at the beginning of the beginning of the year, I mean, you know, we would have four goals there going in, going into the third period. So um, when it's not going in, you just gotta keep pounding away. At some point, they're gonna go, and you know, <laughs> and things are gonna slide back to to the averages that that they usually are. It's just you know you have all those chances in the first, you play so well in the first, you give yourself a, a chance to find a lead, and, and we just couldn't find that. Uh, that last bounce, that last shot to, to put it over the top. Thank you. Uh, Duncan, just so back here. Um, Dave Tippett has been saying uh, recently how much you've kind of grown into being a leader on this team, and I just wonder what experiences you've been able to kind of draw on over the course of your career that are leading to messages to some of your teammates that, that maybe can allow you to change the course of the tide here. Well, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's I think a lot of it is just momentum, and right now, the momentum is uh, going against us right now. It seems like we had a good start. We had some good chances, but obviously that's not good enough. So um, we've got to find a way to, to change that momentum. And then once it goes the other way, we build off that positive energy and uh, and start building the other way. And then it can you get a good feeling back in it. But you know we've we've got to we've got to play a patient game and and stick with it and just because you know we're not getting some bounces in the first it doesn't really matter uh we've got to keep finding a way stick to our game plan and and uh and try to get that first one so some of it is just just trying to be patient and and pushing to get that momentum the other way whether it's a a big shift to start the period or a big shift after a goal or uh, you know on a penalty kill big penalty kill all those little things that can uh, can change the momentum and build off that shift we had a good second period against ottawa we had all the momentum we need to keep that momentum and 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 get the ball rolling the other way it's just uh, right now when things are going aren't going our way it's uh it's a little bit harder but we've just got to stick with it You've been on a lot of good teams over the course of your career. This team started off very well. Have you ever experienced something like this? Uh, have you ever kind of gone through something like this where it just seems like the snowball continues to roll? Yeah, for sure. We've got a lot of good players in there, a lot of guys with character, a lot of guys that care. Uh, everybody cares. Everybody everybody wants to do their part, but it's uh, it's one of those things where it's going to take everybody and it's going to be a it's going to have to be a patient solid defensive game where we where we try to win that game one nothing where we're uh, not trying to get not allowing anything against every shift 
build off that and and try to swing the momentum the other way. Darnell, uh, last one here. Do you, you know, you're one of the leaders here, and I'm sure you've used every trick in your book here over the last two weeks. Uh, do you ever run out? You know, do you run out of positive? Do you run out of solutions? Can you? Is there a fountain of solutions for you? Can you keep them coming? This is uh, this is this is a true test of leadership. It's easy to be a leader when you're nine and one or sixteen and five. It's it's easy to lead a team and go out and be the raw raw guy. This right here, getting out of this is is a test for all the leaders on our team. Getting out of this is is what's going to make our team better. And no, there's. There's no excuse to, to, I don't know if there's a fountain of tricks. There's no, there's no excuse. You got to show up every day and with your hard hat on. That's the only way to get out of this. So that's, there's, there's no tricks to it. To be a leader, you got to show up every day and, and bring the same amount of work. So that's our job. That's uh, what we have to do to dig ourselves out of this. Like I said, this is when, uh, this is when you really have to lead. Well, yeah, no doubt about that. A couple of defensemen, Darnell Nurse, Duncan Keith, as the Oilers lose again 6 nothing to the Florida Panthers. Whenever the Oilers score, it's a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James J.S. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. The total this season does not change tonight, $11,700. Okay, you can chime in at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certain Teed Pro all the way. We're back in a couple of minutes with more Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Skating through center. Gets by Fogel. Comes in over the line. Drops it on the right wing. Marchman in front. Luos three and hit shot. Save made by Koskin and the puck comes free. All right, that's Miko Koskinen. Save the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. However, Koskinen today, 22 stops on 28 shots. At the other end, Bobrovsky, 40 saves on 40 shots. And the Panthers pound the Oilers 6-0 tonight at Rogers Place. The Oilers' home record, by the way, drops to 10-8 and on the year. The Panthers away from home are 6-5-5. and five. Oilers are going to be back at it Saturday facing the Calgary Flames. Okay, 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Greg to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Greg, go ahead. Hey, guys, how's it going? Pretty good. Hey, that first period was something to watch. I wish they would play like that all the time, but um, I got a... a I just want to break down the first three goals for a second here. So the first goal, um, I think uh, was a little bit on Kostin because he wasn't hugging his post. I know it was a across the ice pass kind of thing, right? And he should, he should have been right tight to his post. I get that. The second one was again, whole hum blown coverage like normal guy left wide open, which I don't know how they're going to fix that or not, because it seems to be um, like an every game thing, especially when you guys are talking about like, three slot passes on the PK. Mm-hmm. But the third goal, I, I think personally, just watching the game, um, I think that one, yes, Barkov has a really good shot, but that's something that, that, that's the difference between winning a game and losing a game, having a goalie that's going to make that save. I think that was a little bit of a soft goal. And that third goal is what broke the Oilers back. And then the, the, the compete and the try from that point on was just, like it, they didn't really want to compete or try anymore. Well, I mean, they're professional athletes. Yes, they wanted to, but it, it almost seemed like that. That's yeah, the, I mean, you know, the game broke the back. Out of reach at that yeah. point, real, realistically. Yeah, I mean, thanks, thanks, Greg. You know, and, and again, it's it's not just goaltending for the Oilers. No, but you, but tonight you saw the impact of great goaltending. Yes, because if it's if it's look. I, I know people could say, oh, well, the Panthers got six, so what if it would have been a 2 nothing Edmonton after the first period? Okay, but, you know, it would have been three, a different three, game. three of the goals were, were in the last five minutes. It would have been a different game. Yep. No, it would have. So, and how many times in the last, in this 15-game stretch, they got two wins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Skinner uh, was better than, I can't remember who Columbus started. He was better than the Columbus goalie, and, and the Oilers played well that game. Uh, in Seattle, when Skinner won, uh, he made the saves he needed to, but the Oilers also... So you, yes, you, 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 could, ar- you could argue one time in the last 15 games have the Oilers had clearly the better goaltender. Yeah, you're right. Um, 
I mean, in this game, going into the game, there was a huge advantage before they even stepped on the ice. Bobrovsky's an all-star, and Koskinen's a backup at best. So they had a big advantage in net, and then it was just really magnified as the game went on how much a difference it is between the two goaltenders. Um, yes, goaltending was an issue, but on the, the second goal, it was one nothing goal. Yeah, Could he have had that? Yes. Was it a bad goal? No. Could he have had it? Yes. Because Bobrovsky was doing it on the other end. But the second goal is the one that really deflates you. It's a one-goal game. You got four guys back. You're still playing really well. And the the Oilers, with their players back, they completely abandoned the front of the net and allow uh, the Florida Panther player to stand there. He, like, there's only one guy on the ace at that point that was in a goal-scoring position. One guy for the Florida Panthers. And no other was even close to him when he got the puck. Right. I mean, that Koskinen has no chance on that one. That guy's staring at you. The kid can score. And he has all the time in the world to pick the corner he wants. Those are the things that are killing the others. So, yes, goaltending will cover up for a lot of those mistakes. Unfortunately, the mistakes are still being made by the Edmonton Oilers. And their goaltending hasn't been good enough to overcome some of the sloppy play defensively the others have had. All right, we'll go to Cam on the line as well. Hello, Cam, go ahead. Hey, guys, it is very frustrating eh, when you hear it on the radio or watch it on TV. I'm going to be saying this again. I know you guys are not going to like it, but if Holland doesn't do a trade, even a blockbuster trade, you know, who are you going to blame after? If Let's say orders don't make the playoffs. And, you know, who are you going to blame? And I'm just going to say if he doesn't do anything, he should step down. Because yep. the team is not, hang on a sec, the team is not going anywhere. We know that. The team that they have is not good enough. So so what's going to happen here in the next four or five or ten games? What are you guys going to think after if, if they don't make the playoffs? Who well, there'll be, there'll be people losing well, their yeah, jobs. For sure. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I totally understand what you're saying. The problem is you've got to find a partner to make trades with. Throw in the fact that there's problems with salary cap issues. Making a trade isn't easy anymore in the National Hockey League. And if you look at... Are you, is he still on line with us right I now? I think he's gone. I was going to say, like, who do you trade on your team? Like, what are you giving up? Because for the most part, the Oilers, outside of six or seven players, aren't getting a whole lot of return from the players that you're trading away. So, yes, the Oilers would love to add something else. The, the team they have right now is... The way it's been playing, the way it's been trending, is not a team that is going very far but there there's only so much you can do i'm i'm sure ken holland is trying to figure out how we can get a a goaltender uh top four defenseman someone to play in their top six a big centerman to play in their third line but team as you see there's nothing really happening in the national hockey league right now because teams are still trying to figure out if they're going to be a playoff team or if they're not, because we are still, as, as you keep saying, we are later in January, but because of COVID, because of all the cancellations, we're not as far in the season as we usually are. Yeah. But, I mean, fair, I mean, fair comment. This, oh. uh, this, it falls on everybody. We have, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, we, we tend to talk a lot about what happened in each game every night. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Ken Holland said, well, I, I believe in this roster, mm-hmm. and if they miss the playoffs by 12 points when we get to the end of April, well, then he's... He said it. He said it's him. He, he said, said this he, is his he team. He said it's him. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, I I would think that that has consequences, so to speak. Well, I would imagine so. This isn't the team that most were expecting at the very least to win at one round in the playoffs, if not go deeper. This is not a team that anyone in management, in ownership, in fandom would think would not make the playoffs. Now, I do still believe this is a playoff hockey club, but things are going to have to start to turn around pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, because like we said, if you the, the further you drive, and I I say this all the time, once you kind of get into the second half of the season, m- more to me, more than four points is a lot. It is because you gotta you gotta go on a run, and then you gotta sustain it. You can't you can't mm-hmm. go you know win five in a row and then lose three in a row because yep. then you well, know the other team can match you and they're still ahead of you by four points. And the things went two things when you're chasing with the uh, the extra point for overtimes becomes a big play as you're going yep. later in the season. And the other one, and we keep talking about it, it's not how many points you're because you're not trying to catch one team. And you think, okay, if, yeah. Yeah, if we're, if we're going to go 12-2 and two and they go 7-5, and five, well, yeah, they might, but then there's the other 11 teams that you're behind <laughs> right. right now in the standings. You need them all to start to struggle, and that's the problem is the others are allowing too many teams in between them in a playoff spot. Yeah, well, and then 
I, I mean, the Oilers are going to have some big divisional games. You know, they're playing the mm-hmm. California teams that rescheduled into the uh, into the break. I mean, they still play Calgary three times. Right now, the Oilers do not look like they are as good a team as the Calgary Flames, well, even though they beat them earlier in the Yeah, the record like said, shows they're, they're there. last since the beginning of yeah. December, or it's December 3rd or whatever it is. Um, so, I mean, if the West, and specifically the Oilers division, is weaker, well, then you better win those games. Because you're getting crushed by the Eastern Conference, 4-10-2. and two. Well, the other they're getting obliterated basically by the by the Eastern Conference. And a lot of teams in the West are. We saw the Vancouver Canucks go out on that swing. Well, but then they beat Washington at the very end, and then the Calgary Flames went out there and they got beat. And the Oilers still haven't done that road swing yet. Well, that's a good point. They got to go to (laughs) play Florida, Tampa, Tampa Bay, Carolina. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's the the only. Well, I don't know if there's a silver lining that. The Oilers are in this funk, and a lot of games have been postponed. That maybe by the time the Oilers start going in the right direction is when they start playing better, and it's every second night. Uh, it's tough to sit on a, a losing streak, and the Oilers have had to sit on one for quite a while now. Starts start Saturday, I guess, and there's, the players right now have. There's nothing they can say that's going to appease the fans, going to appease the the media. They simply have to wait for the next game and go out and do it on the ice, and that's Saturday in Calgary. Here. Sorry. Oh, come here, that's Ron. right. Don't, Mike, go come to, here. don't go to the station. Come here. Well, I was actually going to drive to Calgary to be there at the Saddle <laughs> Dome. That well, would have been even that worse. That would have been really lonely sitting there. <laughs> All right. Other action tonight as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to edmontontrailer.com. Eight minutes left. Canadians and Golden Knights tied 3-3. The shots are 44-19 for Vegas. The Kraken lead the Sharks 3-2 late in the third. Bruins beat the Caps 4-3. Stars outscore the Sabres 5-4. Columbus wins 2-1 in Philly. Penguins win at home 6-4 over Ottawa. Predators take down the Jets 5-2. Avalanche knock off the Kings 4-1. Did you see that the Kings were wearing your favorite helmets again? Oh, did they wear the shiny shinies? It looks like... foil helmets? It honestly looks like they have a light bulb on their head. I didn't, actually, I didn't even see the highlights. Yeah, yet. it was hard to watch. Those are weird ones. It, it, you're, you're right. I've like, seen, what are they, mind control prevention? It's Well, it looks like something uh, out of, like, the great gazoo would have worn the Flintstones. <laughs> like, they are bad, bad helmets. They don't deserve to win a game with those helmets on. <laughs> that's, that's a fair comment, Rob. <laughs> 6 nothing for the Panthers here at Rogers Place. We'll go back to the certainty hotline. Jason is standing by. Hi, Jason. Hey, how are you guys? Well, we're okay. Good. I uh, love listening to you guys, first of all. You guys are doing a great job. So... You know, I just want to say the obvious frustrations here. Um, we all know, you know, goaltending, uh, their power play is cold. Um, the grit, I mean, when they get behind, it seems like sometimes they just throw in the towel. Um, and also, too, don't kid yourself, they come across a few hot goaltenders in the past few games. You know, you got to look at Anderson and obviously Bobrovsky tonight, right? So what do you, where do you guys go from here? Uh, I mean, do you go after Corpus Allo? Do you go after Dreger? But you don't want to give up the farm either, No, right? well, No, they don't. Uh, and, you know, Dreger's interesting. He's, they, like, he's not having a great season in Seattle, nor is, uh, is, is Grubauer. I, I actually, I'm going to focus on something else Jason said. Thank you for the call. Uh, the, the grit. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe whatever word you want to call it. The, the Oilers, to me, Rob, do not physically impose themselves on the game nope. even even in the first period tonight where they did have most of the zone time mm-hmm. um you know that's still and, and let's face it they've been lacking that for a while for a while yep i'm not talking about weeks no nope. talking about seasons yeah. oh i agree well if you, you look at their back end for an example you, darnell nurse plays with grit and, and that's never been an issue for him Outside of that, I mean, CC he he plays a solid game, but he's not someone that goes out and he's he's nasty and hard to play against. Keith Barry Bouchard, it's not a this is not a physical back end. Uh, and then up front, I'm trying to Fogel can has the ability to, but we didn't haven't Hyman seen it. Hyman can in his own way. Hyman does his own yes. Leg grind and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But then and then there's Cassian who's hit and miss. Outside of that, it's, it, you're right, it's not a physically imposing team, whereas you look at Florida, they got a bunch of players that play that way. And when it gets into those 
2-1 hockey games. Those are the type of players that you notice. The guys that grind down your defense so that eventually, over the course of 45, 50 minutes, you're physically beat up because that team just keeps pounding, 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 and that's where you make the big mistake. That's when you when you turn the puck over. That's how teams win 2-1. So, you no, know, the Oilers don't play that style, and the reason is they don't, they're not built that way. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's, you know, again, it's going, hard. Going, going back to how the team is yep. put together. It's, 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 you can't ask players to do something they can't do. You can't ask players to be something that they aren't. And this is not a team that is built for a physical type of hockey game. This is not a team that you're going to see win one nothing. And so they have to win by scoring three or four goals. And when you're snake bitten, it's hard to win. If, you're, you're, if you need to score three goals or four goals to win hockey games, then you're in trouble to start the game. Because now you not only do you need your best players playing well, but you got to also remember the other team's goaltender is trying to do the opposite to you. And what we've seen lately, the other team's goaltenders have been the better of the of the are winning that battle. All right, so the Oilers get nothing tonight. The Panthers get six. Whenever the Oilers do score five or more in a game, which they last did on uh, New Year's Eve and the six-five overtime loss to the Devils, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer. The Japanese Village featuring Japanese AS Wagyu. Visit JVEdmonton.ca. We got to sneak in the news and weather here, folks. More of your phone calls. In the next half hour, we're in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. It is a gusher of losses in oil country. 6-0, the Panthers win tonight. The Oilers are 2-11-2 in their last 15 games. Bobrovsky, 40-save shutout. And also special teams, part of the story tonight. The Oilers 0 for 3 on the power play. Panthers 3 for 5. That update for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with locations in St. Paul, Westlock, and Vegreville. Check out Extreme with an X, powerproducts.com. It's funny, my buddy Jay Onright made the whole Bobrovsky thing famous. I was just when thinking Bobrovsky that. When was struggling and he would get pulled, yeah. and he would do the, Bobrovsky, you're off the case. <laughs> well, now it's like if you're a Panthers fan, you're like... Barassi should be on the case oh, every night. He certainly, so, he certainly should. Uh, what a season he's having right now. Uh, and I, I said earlier that he's having a Vezina season. Like he might be the leading contender right now for the Vezina, the way he's been playing. Uh, I tell you, as a team and a, as a fan base that has watched their team struggle here for quite a while now, and a lot of the nights we notice that they're not getting the save that they need. It's, you see a team that come in such as Florida and, and the big saves they're getting or a team that came in with Carolina with, with Anderson, the saves that they're getting. And you start to really understand how great goaltending can level the playing field or tilt the playing field in your favor. And that's something that the Oilers haven't had this year. Okay, 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Perry to the show. Perry, thanks for listening and giving us a call. Go ahead, sir. Hey, guys, I uh, have, a, I guess, a comment and a point and a question. So I'll start with the comment, uh, just reaching out to Oilers fans. Those who were at the game tonight who threw their jerseys on the ice, um, not only is it dangerous uh, to the players, but, you know, it's pretty ridiculous. Like, really, uh, if we lost the game tonight, um, or I guess I could say I, if we won the game tonight, we'd cure the pandemic or something. It's like, really, come on, it's hockey. Um, my... Con, uh, my point is, um, and uh, sorry, revealing my true colors here. I'm more of a baseball guy than a than a hockey guy, although I follow, follow hockey quite well. Um, I've coached at the AAA level, and my son plays college baseball. And and every major league baseball team builds their team around what we call the ace. The you know their starter, like the true starter. Right. And it compares to hockey uh, as a goaltender. So. I guess um, we don't quite have that yet. Um, every t- I guess Ken Holland needs to really look in the mirror and say, we need to build a team around, number one, a, a legitimate starting goaltender. That's just the point. But what also helps the legitimate starting pitcher, the ace, who can go out and win you 12, 14, 16 games a year, is those two or three uh, guys or gals who are offensive threats, not every game, but almost every game. And they hit, they smash the ball. They hit the ball out of the park. They hit 
uh, clutch. They hit at the right time. Uh, they can hit the ball. It's called situational hitting right, so in baseball. What's, what's your comparison to hockey then? What's what uh, correlation our, are you making? Our, my correlation, uh, uh, Reed, is in the last 15 games of our this rough stretch, and nobody's ever uh, won the Stanley Cup in January, so I still think there's a ton of hope for this team. But has uh, our two or three, other than Nurse, boy, Nurse played well tonight. Has our has our couple of superstars really changed the game or or really um, won a game on their gloves in the last ten or twelve games? Well, no, because they haven't won a game. <laughs> They've only won. But no, I yeah, it's it's a tough go for everybody, and that includes uh, McDavid and Drysaddle, who I thought both were. I, I thought Saturday was one of the toughest nights they've ever had. Quite frankly that Rob and I have mm-hmm. seen. Anyway, I mean, I thought they were better tonight, especially through the first two periods, but but they couldn't score. I, I just think I, I just think in the big picture of things that are wrong with the Oilers, I, I would put McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, very far down on that list, personally. I agree, and, and you are, and the caller's right. You, you need, and I keep going back to a few years ago, the years that when the Oilers finally made the playoffs on the back of Talbot, uh, Connor McDavid was the MVP of the league, but they don't get in the playoffs without Cam Talbot. And the Oilers last year, Mike Smith was incredible, and that was a big reason they had the success during the year. Connor and Leon are going to do what Connor and Leon do every single year. And it, it, they've been very, very consistent. Yet they're not always in the playoffs doing the exact same thing every year because some years they've gotten good goaltending and some years they haven't. Connor and Leon are, can't drag this team into the playoffs with average goaltending. Now, Ken Holland tried to get a goaltender. I mean, the guy down in Calgary, Markstrom, the the Oilers made an offer, and Markstrom chose the Calgary Flames ahead of the Edmonton Oilers. And we've seen what Markstrom's done this year with Calgary, how good he could be. So uh, it's not easy getting that starter, that number one guy. Um, and when you have them, you don't want to get rid of them. Well, exactly. That's so that's, that's the biggest challenge, too, yeah. right? So the Oilers... Uh, they were hoping Mike Smith could have magic in a bottle again this year, and unfortunately, injuries have not allowed him to do that. 6 nothing win tonight for the Panthers over the Oilers. We set the line, well, I did, at 1.5 for combined points for Yamamoto and Perlini. So, obviously, it's under because it's zero. So, Craig is getting a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card excitement. Bet on it! Well... Good for him. I still th- I thought that was a safe bet. I thought that that line would get one goal today and they'd each get an assist on it or be part of the goal. Uh, good game in Vegas right now, Montreal and Vegas in overtime, and Montreal just had a breakaway and three cracks at an open net and missed it, and they're still tied what in did, overtime. Uh, I'm just, what did Perlini wind up playing today? 12.51. Yamo played 19.42. Well, Yamo was on the power play and a little bit of PK. That's uh, where you make up your minutes, if yeah. especially if you're a third or fourth liner. You want to be on one of those specialty teams. Six nothing, Panthers win. My goodness, we have Tony on the Certainty Hotline as well. Tony, go ahead. How's it going, boys? Good. Um, so I'm not trying to be a dead horse, but everybody's talking about Kalkin, and I'm not. Tr- I'm not going to defend him. I'm sorry, but I've been defending this guy the last year and a half, and all he's done is pretty much disappoint me. I, and for the amount of money, even though it, it was Shirelli who gave him the 4.5, that you got to make a few saves that, you know, maybe you're not supposed to. And it seems like he does that, but he lets the easy ones in. And for me, yeah, the first one, you know, is kind of an iffy one. You know, if he hugs his post, he makes a save. If he doesn't, well, as you as you see, we lost. But it's the, it's the uh, one on Barkov and the Sam Bennett one. And the, uh, and the question I have for you guys is, so every so Vancouver went through a, a coaching change. Yep. And, you know, they won seven or eight games in a row, and then they lost one, and I don't know what the record is now. But do people really think that even with a coaching change, with, let's say, if it gets fired tomorrow, do they really think it's going to improve either? Well, totally, well, I mean, I can't answer for everybody. What, what do you think? Um, in my opinion, I don't think it's Tippett's the problem. And I know, and I've been reading a lot about this. I think it's Schwartz, our goaltending coach. 
Well, I mean, he's the guy, the goalie coach that gave Mike, helped Mike Smith have a career year last year. So I, I don't, I'm, I'm not putting the, the Oilers tonight. They gave up six goals. That's not on Dustin Schwartz. There, there were some defensive miscues. There were some the power. They didn't score any goals. Um, no, I, 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 I'm sorry. I can't agree with that at all. This isn't on Dustin Schwartz. When Mike Smith played last year, he was in the Vezina conversation. All right, six nothing. Panthers win it tonight. We have Cody on the Certainty Hotline as well. Go ahead, Cody. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Cody. This is 6.30 Chad Ventline. This is Overtime Open Line. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, uh, one thing. We're going to beat the dead horse about the goaltending because everyone likes before we get to that. I find the Oilers are very hesitant with the puck as of late. Maybe it's because they're not winning, but they are double-clutching on almost every pass or quick move where they should be making on the boards or up the boards, uh, up the ice. Yep or even cross-seam passes. They are literally holding that puck for one longer than they need to at almost every time, and it's allowing the other team to just set up and move that much closer. During their power play, which has been abysmal as of late, they're, they're not moving it quick enough. I'm not saying they're not moving the puck, but the quickness that they move the puck with, they think about every move just like a little longer. And is that because of not having results? No, yeah, or is that just something they're being told? Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. There, there's hesitation in their game, and that's from, you know, the confidence is a little shaky right now. And every player that's talked over the last couple of games has come out and said that, you know, their confidence is a little off. And when your confidence is... When, when everything is going right, it becomes instinctive. You don't even think. When the puck comes, you either shoot or pass. It, you, there's no thought going into it because you know exactly when the puck comes what to do with it. But when things aren't going right, you say, okay, should I pass? Okay, should I shoot? But that split second, as, as the caller said, that allows a stick to get in the lane, allows the goaltender to come over a little bit further and get set. It allows a player to get his shin pads in the way. Those are types of things that are happening right now because, as the caller said, there is hesitation, and the hesitation is 100% because the confidence is a little shaken right now when things have not gone as, as they had planned. Yeah, I think that's a good point. So, so, so how, how, do they, how do they go ahead and change that? Is it? I know it's a confidence <laughs> thing that obviously is there, well, but did you hear what can, can you coach said? that injuring? Did you hear what Duncan uh, I, I wasn't on for that. We like, were still yeah, he, he talked about and I think it's maybe a, a bit of a simplification, but he did talk about just momentum, that you got to try and get it back in your favor. Now, again, how does that start? I, I, I don't know, Rob. Well, it starts, okay, here, it starts like the, the Oilers started this game tonight. Come out and, and put everything you have into it. So that's the start. But you guys the, also watch the game tonight with this dead horse's... Uh, beating the dead horse of the goalie. Do you feel that after the third goal today, when you watch Koskinen's body movement, everything that happened today was like, holy crap, I'm getting blamed for everything that's going on with this team? It, you know what? I don't, prob- I, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. No, I, I don't think it's that, but it's probably something you go into a game and you're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to have a good game tonight. I am going to show these people here. Everything is going to go right for me, and all of a sudden it doesn't. And then you're just like, oh, no. Like, it just, like, I, I can't believe that just went in. Oh, how did that beat me? And all of a sudden, all of the, the emotion, the positive emotion just drains right out of you, and you're like, again. And it, it, and I've, I've been in there. It's where it's like where you're in, when I played, okay, I'm, 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 I had a bad game last game, but tonight I'm gonna, everything's going to go right. I'm going to go good. And then the first shift, I fan on a pass, and it goes to the other guy, and they go in and score, and you're like, why? And I think that's what Sometimes he's having right now. It's like Sometimes nothing's it's going right for no. Pardon? Sometimes it's that overthink. You know what I oh, mean? Absolutely. Like it just when you're when you're struggling, it's overthink. It's not coming naturally to you. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. When if you ever watch uh, a player when he scores on a breakaway or, or, or in a game where it's something real quick, watch him go to the bench. A lot of the times, as soon as they get the bench, they watch the jumbotron because they want they to see what, what they did because it's all instinctive. It just when when you go on a breakaway and everything someone's chasing you go and you score, you don't actually know what you're doing. It just cuz it was instinctive. So then you go to the bench and you sit up there like, "Okay, oh yeah, okay, now I see what it is." And right now the others are thinking. And that thinking's well, not good. It's like what was that one was it Bull Durham don't think when they tell the <laughs> right. pitcher don't think meat, yeah. just throw because when you start thinking you start putting other things into your head and negative thoughts creep in there and I there's a ton of negative thoughts creeping into the minds of a bunch of Oilers players right now 
Okay, thanks for the call. We got to take a quick timeout. Oilers are beaten badly, six nothing by the Panthers. This is Heartland Ford overtime open line. No scoring in the first. Panthers get two in the second and four in the third to ring up the Edmonton Oilers. 6-0, so 2-11-2 in the last 15 games for Edmonton. Sergei Bobrovsky, 40-save shutout. He's the first star. Alexander Barkov had two goals and an assist. He's the second star. Sam Reinhart had three assists. He is the third star as the Panthers, a uh, very convincing win in the end after Edmonton came out and played pretty well in the first period, but just could not score, and they suffer yet another loss. Radko Gudas was furious when he was called for holding Connor McDavid in the third period, Rob, and, well, quite <laughs> honestly, I don't think I blame him. Well, the one thing that we've talked about where, where Connor, he, he, uh, he attacks the player. He goes at him, grabs him, and then gives a little push-off forcing you to grab him back and on that one there when they showed the replay i think he had a good case that he did not grab a hold i thought goodass had a one uh, fantastic game for the florida panthers very physical tonight aaron ekblad having a great season he plays 2501 is plus one with uh, three hits and a couple of blocked shots on the evening the Oilers did win the face-off battle 59 percent but uh, obviously doesn't get help them get the win as the panthers take it six nothing okay get more on this game on 630ched.com or globalnews.ca our next game broadcast is in a couple of days saturday the face-off show is at 6.30, and the puck will drop at 8. As for the second time this season, the Oilers square off against the Calgary Flames. Don't forget, Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow, and I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Big thanks to Troy Bowler. He's our game day engineer here at Rogers Place. And thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at the 6.30 Chad Broadcasting Compound. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Panthers 6, Oilers zip. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.